You are listening to the In Perspective Weekly Podcast with Bob Branco and Peter O'Toole. Hi, everyone. Welcome once again to In Perspective. My name is Bob Branco for episode 265. And as always, it's a pleasure always to have with us Peter Alchel, our good friend, our good colleague, and our good co-host, all the way out from Columbia, Missouri. Peter, what's going on today? Uh, it's it's summer. It's, uh, you know, 90 degrees and 60% humidity, which is typical Missouri weather this time of year, and I'm hiding in my air-conditioned apartment. Good for you. I hope the AC keeps you as cool as possible. Me too. I want to thank those people who make it possible for In Perspective to be made available, starting with Raymond Gay, our producer. Also, our media outlets, thank you very much. I also want to thank Tom and Lynn from Rosie's Place Chatline for putting us up on their bulletin boards, number 15. And finally, to Jacqueline Sylvia, our website designer, for putting In Perspective on my website, which is www.brancoevents.com. I do want to give a shout-out right now to a listener a faithful listener to In Perspective, I want to say howdy to Glenn Grimes. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Back again for another appearance, one of our regular guests that we have, Congressman John LeBoutlier is here once again. Congressman, it's a real pleasure as always. Well, thank you, Bob. I, you know, it's my pleasure. You're so nice, you and Peter and Raymond to invite me on every few months and we set this up months in advance and I see it coming, you know, when I look in my calendar and I'm, I always look forward to it. I love, who doesn't love Friday afternoon? Uh, and for me at five o'clock on a Friday afternoon to, to sort of end the week talking to you guys is great. And we always get great uh, questions from the listeners too. So it's a pleasure for me. Well, I know that we're never at a loss for topics when you come on the program. That's for sure. The news always makes it interesting. People all over this country make it interesting. The Supreme Court's making it very interesting these days, as you probably know. In fact, I want to start there, if that's okay. I want to talk about the overturning of Roe versus Wade and how that caused a little bit more division in this country, if that was possible. <laughs> but it has. As a matter of fact, I'm going to relay a true story which indicates what could possibly happen as a result of this decision by the Supreme Court, whether we're for it or against it. My wife and I attend Catholic Mass, and for the first two weeks after the decision was made, we were told in church that there would be police presence because there was a fear, probably concluded by the Fall River Diocese, that there might be some retaliation either outside the church or through the church itself. Now, looking back, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, that so doesn't surprise me. Yeah. yeah. So, Congressman, what, what is your take, uh, not just on the abortion ruling, but the other rulings that the court has done, the the, the uh, repeal of the, of, well, not repeal, but the, uh, the, the New York gun ruling and the, was it the EPA ruling? EPA. Yeah. So talk, talk about some of that stuff. <laughs> well, I think they actually sort of all go sort of together. Um, 
And, I, you know, look, I mean, I'm t- telling anything anybody doesn't know. This abortion issue since Roe v. Wade 49 and a half years ago is one of the most divisive issues in the country. And the way Roe v. Wade was decided back in 73, that by itself divided people even more. Because here were seven male justices appointed by Republican presidents, by the way, who found in the Constitution something that wasn't written there, right to privacy. And inside that right to privacy was the right for a woman if she chose to have an abortion. Uh, You know, Bob, you're, I take it, a Catholic of what you just said. You know, the Catholic Church, many devout Catholics went crazy over that ruling and believe it's a sin, mortal sin, to kill an unborn child. And that is a very legitimate position to take. But the law was made not by the legislature, but by unelected judges. And that has fueled the new Republican Party of the last 40 years, you know, railing against unelected judges legislating from the bench. And so this was an inevitable conclusion when you got a new court of, of Republican appointed judges, if you could just tell we were headed here. But really, the, the story of it is Justice Alito wrote the opinion. And in there, he basically says, if you want to have legalized abortion, have your legislature vote for it. And that is the theme now, I think, for the Democratic Party on a national level. Uh, they need to win the House, the Senate, enough Democratic senators to blow up or put an exception in the filibuster for this issue and have a Democratic president sign a Roe v. Wade law into federal law. And that will return us to where we were two weeks ago. But I don't know that they can win those elections, but it is this thing has greatly changed the outlook for November for both parties. Uh, Trump knows it. DeSantis knows it. This thing has stirred up a hornet's nest politically of voters, meaning women voters and younger voters who are pro-choice, who would not probably vote in a midterm election, who may very well flood the polling stations this year, just on this issue. And Congress, it will change things. Yeah. Congressman, I'm curious about something. Uh, the pro-choice crowd cite polls that something like 60% of the country is pro-choice, right? And back in 2020, during the Biden versus Trump election, everybody sort of understood where the two candidates fell on lots of issues, but including the abortion issue. Trump was pro-life and Biden was pro-choice. And when the votes came down, well, let me back up further. When people thought that President Biden would win handily, fairly easily, and that the Democrats pick up houses, pick up seats in the House and Senate. Well, none of that happened. It was a close election. Uh, and um, it, it really makes me wonder about polls in general and, and about this issue in specific. How do you sort of, how do you, if you can, um, sort of square that, dis, uh, uh, you know, square that tension or that? Uh, right, right. Yeah. Well, First of all, in 2020, in any presidential race, it's not just one issue on the ballot. We know. I mean, and and abortion was not a big issue. Trump was not a big 
he he says he's pro-life, but he doesn't talk about it. Uh, it was not a, a front and center issue, but I think the court has made this a front and center issue now, uh, clearly. But uh, you know, I, I think a majority of Americans in general want the right to have an abortion, but I don't think they want unlimited abortions. They don't want trimester, third trimester abortions. You know, there are limits that they support, and polling has shown that. That when you drill down. They're lenient about it up to a point. Correct me if but, I'm wrong, Congressman, but one of the reasons why the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade, it had to do with the belief that a lot of what was decided in 73 is not constitutional. So they left right. it up to the states to, and I'm going to use this word probably for the first time, in a while, codify, which, what does that mean? Constitutionalize? No, make it into law. Make it into law, uh, yeah. Um, so the states could make their own laws now. And if the people who are pro-choice want their way again, then perhaps the Supreme Court should constitutionalize some of that so that no. it would make more sense. No, no, no. What the um, ruling said was, you want to have legal abortion, codify it, have the federal legislature, the House and Senate, and then the president sign it into law. Absent that, each state will decide this issue. So that's what's really so jarring for people that uh, I believe, Peter, you're in Missouri. That's a pro-life state. Absolutely. And they're, they, I don't know, do you have a, you have a trigger law on the books? Yep. It's absolutely illegal here. And as far as I know, in all circumstances, basically. Yeah. So now that when we go back to the issue of overall, where do the American people stand? I guarantee you this. You ask uh, American voters, do you favor exceptions to this for the health of the mother or for rape and incest? You'll get 90 odd percent say yes to those exceptions. But these crazy legislators in many of these states have put in these trigger laws. Now, they passed these trigger laws sometimes years ago. While Roe v. Wade is the law of the land, they put what's called a trigger law on the books where they get credit for voting for something that they never thought was going to happen. Okay, They, they could go home to their hardcore pro-lifers and say, yeah, I voted. I have no exceptions whatsoever. Uh, on the trigger law, but the trigger law only got triggered if Roe v. Wade was thrown out, and it has happened un unexpectedly. And what so, is the trigger law? Just that it's a it's triggered in a state legislature. They passed a law that does not go on the books unless Roe v. Wade is overturned by the Supreme Court, which it has been now. And then that trigger law is triggered and is the law of that state. So Peter's in Missouri, they have a trigger law on the books. It's now the law of that state. And it means a woman, I mean, we're, we're going to have cases that's happening right now somewhere. We'll hear about it. A, one, a pregnant woman in a hospital, her life is on the line unless a doctor can remove the fetus or do whatever. And the doctor's got to make that decision. Could be a, he could be charged criminally. Yep. If he removes that fetus, this is the crazy situation. These laws have put uh, doctors in. 
and, and, and other and, people too. I mean, it's and, just and, and, and the and, life of the mother. I mean, don't we care about the mother? If you're pro-life, <laughs> what about the life of the mother? You know. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, we we're in for some at least in the short term some difficult situations because because now of course people if if you live in Missouri and you need what you want to get an abortion you have to cross state lines to uh, in this case Illinois uh, and Illinois now has these has a uh, the Planned Parenthood or whatever the organization is has a clinic right near the Missouri border which of course is being flooded by women in Missouri who want to you know who want an abortion for whatever reason good or right wrong and different. You know they want an abortion, and you would, I, 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 Congressman, you may be right about the the law being uh, the the Supreme Court ruling being, you know, poorly ruled in 1973. I've 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 read about that. The but the problem is I, know, I didn't say that. I said that's what some people said. Right. Okay. Fair. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't sure yeah. what your what your belief was on that. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for. Well, I'm not putting my beliefs yeah. in. I'm analyzing. No, no, that that's fine. Um, but now with all this, you know, I mean, both sides are using civil war language, you know, uh, you of know, course, it, it, how it, could it, a it, woman have more rights in Illinois than in St. Louis, Missouri? Right. I mean, it, it's in America in 2022. Yep. A woman is a second-class citizen in 26 states and equal to men in the 24 other states. It's, it's not going to stand this way. I don't think it'll last. Well, you know, but in the meantime, we're, we're in for some really weird things that are come up that's going to that's gonna be divisive because some press oh, yeah. are going to charge people oh, or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, what and, else is new? Well, but but we we uh, this is my opinion. We're we're more po- we're more polarized now than we were even five years ago, and this is this is the from a, from a purely sort of pragmatic perspective. This is the worst time for such a ruling to come through. You know whether you believe or not. Just from the way it's going to disunify our country is we don't even we don't even see it yet, but it's coming. It, well, you know. okay. So so on that exact thing. What has been talked about is two. We're taping this on Friday. It was two weeks ago today. They threw out Roe Ro v. Wade, and in the two weeks, these various things that I'm going to talk about now have have come up in the news from the hard right. Uh, talk of banning contraceptives right. in this country. Talk of banning the abortion pill. Talk of banning uh, the abortion pill from being allowed in a state that is a pro-life state. Can you imagine? Talk about how, how, oh, talk about some states preventing pregnant women from leaving that state to go to a abortion clinic like in uh, 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 Illinois, like Peter talked about. How is that going to work? We're now going to have what? Roadblocks at state borders, checking if a pregnant woman is in the car or on an airplane. I mean, this is being talked about. It's not going to happen, but it's insanity in America that this is even being talked about. And and then you have the Texas law that was passed a while back that uh, essentially says any citizen can arrest anybody connected with an abortion and you know, and sort of work around the government doing it. So, you know, it, it's, it, I mean, we're, we're just asking for trouble. We're just asking for trouble. Never mind the language that's being used. I mean, on both sides about, you know, slavery and the civil war and Nazis and the Holocaust. I mean, all this language is being used. That's ugly language. 
whatever, whatever, you know, however you want to look at it. I, I really do worry about, you know, what, what might happen in the next, I don't know, year or two. It's, right. So, so well, just because it's in my head, yeah. we've spent this time talking about the abortion ruling. Now you guys asked me about the EPA ruling, yes. which was just a week ago where they struck down the EPA's right to regulate greenhouse gases. But what they said in the ruling was it's not in the authorization of the EPA. The words are not in there giving the EPA power to regulate greenhouse gases. So they're saying it's sort of the same as the abortion ruling, which is we follow what the legislature tells us to follow. So EPA, if the language of the law says, EPA, you are responsible for greenhouse gases, fine, then they can go ahead and regulate it. But it doesn't say that. And and these guys are conservatives on this court, of course, and they are trying to make sure the language is exact to prevent government creep, that the government will creep into areas to accumulate more power, which they weren't supposed to do because the legislation didn't uh, mandate that. So to me, that fits the same thing. They, They are criticizing Roe v. Wade because it wasn't passed by a legislature. And they're criticizing this thing because it wasn't clear that EPA is going to regulate greenhouse gases. And, uh, and I think we better look for other things where if, I mean, we know the one they've talked about in, is gay marriage. Mm-hmm. Gay marriage was made a national right by the Supreme Court the same way Roe v. Wade was. They yep. ruled on it and said, it's okay, you can have it. No legislature nationally has voted that into law. Some states have. New York has. We have it legally. Massachusetts has. Massachusetts there you go. Has, yeah. yeah. I mean, probably the same states, Bob, that have, uh, I'm guessing, uh, have legalized gay marriage. They're probably the ones that have legalized abortion. Probably. And the deep red states, you know, Mississippi and all that, they're against all that stuff. Congressman, can we go back to the EPA ruling for a second? Because my understanding is that this doesn't just apply to the EPA. It applies to uh, any other federal agency who does this kind of thing. And I'm sort of curious. Uh, of course, we don't know what this means specifically, because the those agencies can still do certain things. They just can't do things that are, I guess, major or that the Congress has to specifically say they can't or can't do. But I wonder, for example... With the Americans with Disabilities Act anniversary coming up in in, in mid July in a couple of weeks, um, how, what, what, what what will the EOC? How will the EOC, the Department of Justice, be impacted? Uh, you know, by this ruling, if at all. That's a, well, I don't know. It's a great yeah. question. That's pretty recent legislation, right? Hopefully, it was written somewhat more exactly than these other ones. I don't know. I don't know, but. All of this is going to be looked at. There's no question. I mean, we're 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 in for a you know a tidal wave of stuff that we just can't foresee. Um, you remember the line from Steve Bannon of all people uh, in the 2016 campaign where he said we're going to get rid of the administrative state. Mm-hmm. And I used to say, what the hell does that mean? Well, that's what this is. Yeah, uh, that that's what this court is saying we're going to get rid of the administrative state unless it's voted into law by the elected legislature of the United States. And it has to be a specific thing. 
And the soda group, I mean, you know, I, I get this. It's not that bad. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing on some level, except that we have climate change. And we're so, again, we're so divided that this is, you know, I don't know how that's going to, you know, if, if you believe that climate change is a real issue, uh, it's going to make it much harder for the government to, uh, you know, react to it um, because, you know, because of all this. And because Congress is divided on this, too, the Congress is not going to get anything done. And, and the, at least in the short term, you know, they're just too divided. So right. we're stuck, stuck where we are. Right. And that's why this midterm election becomes huge for many issues. Uh, and that's why I brought up, brought it up originally about the abortion one is that uh, this should be a big Republican year. It's the normal pattern. Yep. Yep. The out party wins, blah, blah. But because of the abortion thing affecting so many people in every state, I'm not as I don't know that the turnout model of this year may be different. We don't know. We'll we'll have to see. So I want to get. Ahead, I Bob. wanted to get to the war on Ukraine briefly because there seems to be speculation, and Congressman, you can clarify this or not. It depends on how you feel about this. That do we really know can we really follow all of this money that's being given to the ukrainian people by our president and his administration the billions of dollars that's going in that direction to help them defend their country are we sure that all of that money is defending their country is there a, is there a paper trail well first of all we've given them some money but we mostly are giving them military equipment that's our military equipment that we are purchasing or taking out of our stockpiles and delivering it to the polish border and handing it over to them so on that that i think we have a pretty good idea by the way it's not just our president it's our congress bipartisanly that's doing this both parties are in almost unanimous support of this so it's not very partisan this it's, it's this is an American effort to support Ukraine. But, you know, hey, with every government money, there's always waste and ripoffs and stuff going on. So one would assume some of that's getting ripped off somewhere between here and there. Uh, also, you have to assume it. Last time uh, you were on, Congressman, we talked a lot about the Ukrainian situation. Uh, and you you said you, be you believed it really important that the Ukrainians win this war absolutely uh, remains so how, exactly that so how do you think things are going you know uh, now as compared to three months ago or whatever whenever you were on last well i mean i think i think uh since i was on i think when i was on was early on i could look it up it was it was, a, on, it was a, it was a, or i think you were in march march or, or, or april, or april. Yeah. yeah something like that right yeah. so so they repelled the russian advance to kiev and have since then the war is basically in the east which is you know to the advantage of the russians and it sounds like it's basically a stalemate over there and they're just blasting the hell out of each other heavy casualties but the advantage that the ukrainians are going to have is we are now giving them our best artillery called himars h-i-m-a-r-s that is targeted artillery that can go deep into Russian territory, and including maybe Russian sovereign territory. I wouldn't be surprised if the Ukrainians start hitting in there, too. Uh, the rest of Ukraine is sort of fairly 
safe, but there are missile attacks, as we know, every now and then. And it's this is a war of attrition inside Ukraine, in the East, against the Russians. But it's a war of attrition in the Russian economy, too. How long till they wear out and until someone tells Putin the gig is up? And it's been speculated. It might take a year or two or three. I mean, that's what it may take. The the other issue I read recently is that uh, the Russian they're lo- the Russians are losing so many soldiers that they may have to institute the draft, which would be politically uh, terrible for the Russians. I mean, you know that 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 would not go over well with the Russian people. I would imagine who wants to get drafted. Well, I think so, they already have they what well, they call I, conscripts. Conscripts, okay, right. They were the first wave of soldiers that were so bad, right. In that huge convoy that that was north of of Kiev forever. And most of those guys ran into the woods rather than go fight. Yeah. And they're pathetic. And so they sort of already have a draft. They've been recalling older soldiers back to do this. I think they have a huge problem in their military. And they're running out of smart munitions, you know, uh, smart bombs, radar controlled bombs, cruise missiles. They're running out of that stuff. They've unloaded everything they have into Ukraine, and it hasn't worked, and it won't work. The Ukrainians will win this war. You know, you would think after both the Russians and the Americans went into Afghanistan, how badly it worked out for both both countries, the invaders, that Russia would have thought twice about doing this. I, I just find it astounding, you know, that that they would do this. I mean, they 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 know the history better than we do about how the Ukrainians are and the fact that they would go in and do this when they just, you know, it wasn't that long ago that they were, you know, uh, kicked out of Afghanistan, you know, and now they're doing the same thing again. It's just amazing to me about the human folly or something. I don't know how you I agree. account for I, that. I, it's, but it's so crazy. stupid, yeah. filled with miscalculations, yeah. misunderstanding. And I think probably because he's insane, Putin, he's sick physically which means in your head you could be off. Sure. But he's a deadly dictator who no one can speak back to. And look at the people who have been thrown out of windows. Uh, they just clamped down a big uh, Russian hockey goalie who said some critical word about the thing, was yanked off his team and arrested. A cancer doctor who spoke out was taken out of the hospital where he was on IV and stuff, and he died two days later. It's in the news. I mean, and then they are have, in. And then you have Brittany, I forgot her last name. Griner. Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner. That's well, situation. That's, that, that, that's a, yep, that's a huge situation too. But I'm just saying Putin is clamping down as a desperate dictator would on any domestic discord, any dissent against his rule. And he's doing it because he's unsafe in his rule. And you know there are people around him thinking we got to get rid of this guy, but how to do it and survive it is the problem. So let's talk about Brittany for a second. She she pled guilty to a couple of charges. I mean, I I have to believe that the charges are exaggerated or totally you know made up, given this is the Russian court. But what do you? I mean, my theory that I sent out yesterday was that this would allow the Russians to save face and pretend to be magnanimous. Oh, you know, she's this terrible person who did these terrible things to us, but we'll release her because we're good people. Do you think that's a 
Do you think that might happen in the next, I don't know, months or so? Or what, what do you think might happen with that with that case? Well, I think it's a prisoner swap. That, that's yeah. what's coming. And and we already know it's this guy, Victor Boot, who's a right. big international drug dealer, arms dealer. And it'll probably be her and uh, Mr. Whalen, I think Paul Whalen. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. And if there are any other Americans, we haven't heard about it, but it would be those two for him, probably. Yeah. But by the way, I think she did have uh, cannabis vape cartridges. And right. I think she stupidly brought them through customs and got caught. Now, that's not a big deal in the world we live in, but the Russians have seized upon that to grab her and use her for bargaining. I, I keep hearing this guy on TV bring this up, though. What if Putin says, no, 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 I'm not trading her. For Victor Boot, you want to get her back? You got to stop giving uh, aid to Ukraine, yeah, or, or military aid or something. You know, I mean, sounds like something Putin would say. Yeah, and yeah. what if he plays that game? You know, yeah. I want to get to the supply chains and the shortages that I've been hearing a lot about, Congressman. In your opinion, how valid are the baby formula shortages? and other shortages that we've heard about in the past couple of months? And are they the direct result of people not wanting to go back to work because of the new situation that was created for them with the pandemic? Right. Well, as I understand it, Bob, the baby formula one was because the big plant that manufactured the baby formula shut down several months ago. It is now reopened, by the way, but it shut down. Uh, and that created the, the domestic shortage, which is why we have to be flying it in from overseas. They're back up and running and trucks are flowing out of there, I guess. Because, you know, I think the shortage is, is less now. Uh, and that's because of that one plant. And I don't know why it closed down. There are some kind of sa- safety, safety concern of some kind. Some They found some bacteria in the plant or something. There was, there was some, it was a major right. issue. Um, well, so the only thing you wonder about is, you know, America only has one baby formula plant in it running. I mean, can't, shouldn't we have a few others so that if one has a problem, we still have enough domestic supply? But, yeah, my, my understanding was that um, it was always a tight supply to begin with. And then when this one, when one of these major plants shut down because of this safety concern, everything, you know, it, it, the the, that would that's what that that's what the uh the bottleneck was it just wasn't enough supply that was my right. understanding and so basically said, congressman based on what you just said the issue is not a general no lack of trucking going on to deliver supplies from no point B this not country. for that that one was the production of the formula yet i, I listen to a lot of talk radio sports talk radio especially and and every other commercials is is for uh, 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 truck drivers, truck drivers. Yeah. Well, we so have, that's, there's... that's the, uh, that's the national shortage that, right. I don't think that's the reason of the baby formula thing. I don't I either, we but, but, but we but didn't think... have the formula to ship, let, let alone <laughs> ship, exactly. truckers to drive it, but we yeah. do have a trucker shortage big time. And I, I remember we talked about this the last time. One of the reasons is all the companies like Amazon hired uh, tens during COVID, they hired tens of thousands of out of work truckers to work for them. And so they're to, you see, around here, I see Amazon trucks, their little vans and all 
all over the place delivering stuff. Uh, and of course, you see FedEx and all the rest of them. So they have drivers. They're not short on drivers. It's the general trucking companies that are short. So uh, talking about supply chain issues, we I think I would like to talk a little about inflation uh, because that really seems to be the, you know, with all the Supreme Court rulings, uh, inflation, uh-huh. and especially the gas prices, seems to be the, the really hot topic. I mean, let's, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. so let's talk about inflation. Uh, how do you think things are going? What do you think might happen in the future? What is your general take on all of that? I think it's, uh, first of all, it's a disaster for everybody. Yep. It's the unseen tax that wipes out everybody. So we know it's bad economically and certainly politically. And it'll be very bad. That's the reason that the Republicans should have a good year this year with that right. cooking along until the Roe v. Wade thing threw a monkey wrench into that calculation. Because voters can now try to decide which issue means more to them. And if inflation is, driving you mad okay um it should drive you mad uh, yep. but uh, what, what, okay so i elect a republican house what's that going to do about it you know w- inflation is a worldwide phenomenon we have the same in rate inflation rate they have in italy and japan and england i mean it's all over eight percent everywhere and it's all a result of the post-covid starting stopping the economy and the war in Ukraine a little bit with the oil prices. It's all factored in together as a worldwide event. It's driving the world crazy, frankly. How can we lower gas prices in this country? What's the best way to do it? More production, more supply. That's always been the way. Why do we depend on other countries for most of that when we can open we don't. up the oil? We don't. We, we don't. Yeah, we don't. So we, 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 that's an old myth. That was 50 years ago. OPEC and all that. That's it's different now. We are technically energy independent, but we do rely on oil, and oil is sold at the world price. So when it's heavy, you know, when it's over a hundred bucks around the world, it's under a hundred lately, but when it's over a hundred a barrel, that's the price here too. And so the world needs more supply, which is why there's talk of going to Saudi Arabia to get them to up their supply. You're so, listening to In Perspective, yeah. and my name is Bob Branco. He's Peter Alchul, and our guest is former New York Congressman John LeBoutlier. I wanted to invite our participants to ask questions or to make comments at this time. So without further ado, Ray, can you let our participants know if there are any? What they can do. And the first person that had their hand raised was Jean Mann. Jean. Hey, Jean. Hi, everybody. Hi. Um, oh, by hi. the way, before you say a word, Jean. Yes. And I can't wait to hear what you say. I'm not inter- I don't mean to interrupt, but I just got a bulletin on my phone that Elon Musk just announced he's terminating his Imagine that. Imagine yeah. that. He's terminating uh-huh. what? He's the terminating Twitter deal. His Twitter, Twitter deal. Oh yeah. my goodness! Uh, Why is that surprise? I don't mean to interrupt Gene. Gene's <laughs> got to ask whatever, but I no, thought we are, that's <laughs> oh, got to be fine. talked about. That's yeah, fine. We, yeah. Go ahead, Gene. So um, I want to talk about the gun laws. Um, I don't. I mean, you hear about all these shootings. The Buffalo one hit home for me because I grew up there and was lived at one point not very far from where it happened. 
But why in the world does anybody need an A-15 rifle if they're not in the military? And if you don't have a gun and I don't have a gun and Bob doesn't have a gun and Peter doesn't have a gun, we don't have to worry about it because we can't shoot each other. So See, I've asked that question for a long time. Why do we need yeah. those weapons? Yeah, and why do these people all feel like they need guns for protection? That's crazy. My opinion. Well, here's the thing. They do think that, that they need the gun. And until we convince them, which will take a million years, that they don't need it, they've got the guns. My chiropractor here on Long Island has eight guns, he tells me. Every time there's talk of new gun control laws, he goes out and buys another gun. And it's crazy. Okay. But he, he's not buying an AR-15, I don't think. And, and I think the military assault rifles, uh, we should talk about them as a separate entity because they used to be banned. And Republicans and Democrats in Congress went along with that ban for a long time. Then it expired. The law ran out 20 plus years ago, I think. And it's never been extended. And the NRA got into it and all that. And so now you see so many Republicans congressmen and senators bragging, oh, I've got an AR-15, or my constituents need it to kill prairie dogs. Bill Cassidy, who's a pretty good senator, by the way, from Louisiana's doctor, said, oh, no, we need them here in Louisiana to kill wild boars. Well, they killed wild boars with other guns before these people had military assault weapons, and they don't need them. The American people should not have those weapons. So the question is, can we ever reban them? And I don't know, but I, I hope we can somehow. In the law in New York State there, Kathy Hochul raised the age from only one from 18 to 21. Well, what good does that do, you know? Well, well that's all she could get. I mean, I guess. I well, well, the other issue in, in defense of the governor is it's like alcohol, right? Uh, when When I was in college, a million years ago, the drinking age was 18. And yeah, they, they decided in the 80s that uh, 18 was too young to allow people to drink because our brains weren't uh, whatever it was. And, and and it's true. The research shows that. And I would imagine the same thing applies uh, unless you're in the military. Um, I don't see any, I, I don't have any problem. You know, it really may make a, a small difference, you know, because think you, about just just think in what you just said, because you're right. The brain is not developed. At 18, it's more developed at 21. But at 18, you can be in the military. There you right. go. Yeah. Right. Yep. And at 18, you can vote. So your brain is not fully developed. You can vote. You can some drive. Suggest, some suggest that people should vote at 16. Yeah, well, that's well, but But the law today, you can vote at 18. You can drive at 18. Uh, you can serve in the military at 18. But you can't have a beer. And now we're saying you can't have a gun. It's a little inconsistent. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and I, when I, you think about it, most kids are drinking before they're 21 anyway. So of course, they you know? are. Uh, yeah. before, before yeah. they're 15 sometimes, if you're well, oh, yeah. 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 conversation. So, you know, if it, it were up to me uh, on gun control, the way I would do it, and I know people who have all these guns, when they hear this talk, the first thought they have is the government's going to come and confiscate their weapons. That's never going to happen. That is never going to happen. I'm talking about new purchases starting on a date certain. On September 15th, AR-15s are either not going to be available to be bought commercially by anybody, or, and this is an alternative that might work, 
they will be available, but you have to have, you have to take a special test, have a special background check, have to undergo a gun safety course. You notice you have to prove that you are capable of handling that weapon. That's a possibility. Although what if you pass all that stuff, you take the gun home and let your mentally ill uh, 18 year old kid play with the thing. Like the, these recent shootings, these, none of these guys are right in the head. They're all sick. The Buffalo guy, the Uvalde guy, and the Highland Park guy. Every one of them, they're the same. 20, 21, 22. And the Sandy Hook guy back in 2012. Absolutely. Adam, Adam Lanza. They're all off. They're, and many more, too. They're off their rocker a little bit. The parents know it. They don't do anything about it. They enable the kid. They help the kid get the gun. It's insane that this is going on. The only thing I I would caution us to remember uh, is that you're right, Congressman, and but most folks with psychiatric disabilities don't do this kind of stuff. In fact, they're more at risk of violence than than we folks who are insane. You know, so it's a a fine line. You're absolutely right. So here's out of all of this, the hardest thing, and it sounds simple, it's hard to do. We're trying to prevent the particularly mentally ill, and it's always a young man, not a young girl. So it's a young man from getting the gun. I don't need to have all the other people in America have guns. They're not a problem to this country. It's the gun in the hands of the sick young person. That's the, that's the, um, mass murder situation. Now you got Chicago, you got New York, where there are these gangs and criminals and recidivist criminals who break the law day and night, shooting people all over the place. That's a separate issue. And that's black market guns and all that stuff. But the mass murders that we're obsessed with at schools and the shopping center in Buffalo and the parade the other day, it's a repeat pattern. And we're not addressing it. We're talking about it a little bit, but we're not really addressing it. And Congressman, I would argue, and I think I, I, some of the st- stuff I've read says that a lot of the folks who are doing this shooting in the inner city, if you will, have mental yeah. illness as well. You know, uh, yeah, oh, I'm it, sure it, it doesn't excuse the behavior. Obviously, nothing does. But, right. you know, we, and, have, and there, we, we don't in this country. We just don't. Right. Let me throw a couple of things in just so it's in the discussion about these slightly or heavily off their rocker 20 year old boys. They are, uh, in most cases, they've had problems growing up. Sometimes it's because of parental neglect, but not always. There may be excessive brain damage from playing video games for years. And there's evidence that that desensitizes the brain. They've, some of them may have been bullied. Uh, some of them may smoke a prodigious amount of pot. I've heard all of these things can be factors in this. Whatever it is, they're off. They're not right. And that they shouldn't get a gun, period. And then they, they're so off, they all want to do the same thing. They want to go out in a blaze of glory, killing as many innocent people as they can. How sick is that? Thank you. Thank you, um, Gene. Gene, yeah. Thanks, uh, Gene, for your contribution. Yeah, maybe pronouncing the name wrong. Is it Annie? Is that you? I, I need you. I need you. 
Congressman, Inicio Correa. I'm sorry. Inicio Correa, yes. There you go. Hey, um, yeah. How are you doing? Good, thank you. So um, I think that, you know, if it, this is not my question, though, but I just wanted to make a comment about this, the gun issue. The, um, by focusing on mental health, we're giving Republicans a way out uh, because that's all they talk about. You know, it's mental health, mental health. But the reality is, yes, these kids, these young people have mental health issues, but if they didn't have the gun, they wouldn't kill the people. You know, maybe Correct. they would use Correct. a knife and kill one person instead of 10 or 20. Right. And I, I think there's absolutely, and again, I come from a different country. I come from, uh, <clears throat> from Western Europe and there's absolutely no reason you know, a regular citizen, regardless of how old they are, that that they need a, a assault kind of uh, weapons like this. Let me throw uh, something else okay. out there: that there's less institutionalization of people with mental health today than ever before. Right, well, that, that's a whole separate conversation. That, that's true, yeah. but I wanted to go back to the inflation because you correctly mentioned about supply and demand, and obviously supply. Uh, drives the, the 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 price, but I have heard, and I think our president president has mentioned that the cost of barrel is actually lower than it used to be when the cost of gas was like one one or two dollars less than what it is today. So it seems like someone or someone's are ripping us off, and the the oil companies, American, not overseas, are charging more. And taking advantage of the current situation. Could you comment? I, on that? I think any excuse to raise the price at the pump, the oil companies do it. I mean, I'll never forget uh, Hurricane Katrina. Remember that disaster? I do. And an oil rig or whatever went down in the Gulf mm -hmm. as part of that. And okay, so gasoline is already in the gas station here in Westbury. Long Island, where I live, it's already been delivered. It's in the tank and it comes up to the pump to fill up my car. How can overnight that price go up? Mm. Right? The gas station's already paid for it. They've got it in their tank and they're going to sell it to me, but they up the price. It, that's gouging. They do it on every excuse they have. This is the latest excuse and they do it. I want to go back to one other thing about the guns because Anisio brought it up too. I forgot to add in the other thing in an ideal world that we should do is what happened ultimately with tobacco, which is the gun manufacturers mm -hmm. should be held liable when there are mass yeah. shootings with their weapons. And if that were to happen, it would change things too. Cause uh, we saw uh, Sandy hook. They had a huge settlement, 70 million or whatever to the victims' families. And gun companies will be more sensitive. They won't be flooding the world with these guns if they could be put out of business by it. Right, right. Th th thank you, Inicio. I think you thank raised you. a really interesting point. Uh, I want to follow up on that in a second. But, Ray, are there other folks? Yes, we have Jane is next. All right, Jane. Hey, Jane. Hey, I'm glad hey, you're here today. Hey, We've got, we've got guns or weapons in our home. I live with a family who love hunting and are careful about it. And kids and grandkids from the get-go have learned to be respectful of them. So I um, 
and our son is is deeply um, conservative and Republican and has said, I am afraid that we will have all of our guns taken away. And I've just said, no, that's not going to happen, not in the world where I live. However, I do think we are using as a nation, as a divisive nation right now, I think that we're using any excuse we can to get what we want. And I'm speaking of any party connection. I don't like it that the NRA is in trouble for how it's misused some of its money um, or used it to get what it wants. I don't like a lot of things. But I am concerned when we simply focus on mental illness as the one issue to take care of. I think that we've got to keep looking at what is violence in this nation, what is poverty, where they fit in, what is deprivation, because uh, it's just bigger than just one thing. So I'm... I keep calling up my representatives and saying we have to think bigger than just mental illness because there is shooting that goes on in this country every day. You know, three to five shootings that aren't mass shootings, but those are just as relevant to look at as the mass shootings, in my opinion. So that's it. Yeah, all good points. Great points. I agree with all that. Never mind the fact uh, that... Talking about poverty, you know, if uh, one of the reasons that kid, this is not quite germane, but one of the reasons kids who are who are in poverty don't aren't as good students is they don't eat, they don't get as much good food. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I mean, this, this, these are all connected. And Jane, your 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 point is dead on. Well, I'm I'm hopping back in because not only do they not get good food or enough, right, but they don't get institutional supports That's true that too. a lot of us don't even realize we have and we take for granted. It's also true. No. Yeah. So. Thank you, Jane. I yeah, appreciate goodbye. it. Goodbye. I mean, I'm shutting up. <laughs> Good, goodbye, uh, Jane. Yeah, but, uh, uh, Jane. Before, no, before Jane goes, hold on. Because yeah. I, I didn't quite understand. I guess it's her son who's hmm. a Republican, right? Who A wonderful deep, deep, and retired soldier right. and civilian. Right, so he deeply busy. believes what he's been told that the government could come and take the weapons away. Well, what I mean, he de- logistically, do we really think that ever could happen? I mean, I we have 350 million people. The government's going to go into every house, every apartment and ransack it, pick up the floorboards. When he, when I mean, he says on. that, when he says that he's more concerned about blocking the purchase of weapons or guns by people. And and we've just, um, Dan is very convinced that a lot of people that have guns shouldn't. So, okay. you know, little by little, we all talk. Some of us, we just agree never to say Republican or Democrat, and then we have great conversations. Yeah, I think that's really smart, Jane. I think, I think well, that's it really, is. Really smart. Yeah. It saved my life. Oh, he goes and gets <laughs> good. Good for you. I, I think that. Yeah, I think we do perfect. talk. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I, I, I hope other people are here for this conversation. Thank you, Jane. Thanks so a lot, much. Jane. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. Enough. Ray. Ray. 
Anybody else? There are no other hands raised that I can tell at this time. Okay, well, we if, have if, about four or five minutes to yeah, go. So I want I want to ask if if people do raise their hands, let us know. But I want to ask the congressman a question about this oil situation. It seems to me that the solutions being proposed are kind of wacky that I hear most often. One less wacky than another, in my opinion. But I but I I know where where the problems. The one the one side says the reason that supplies down is that uh, oil companies have been banned from exploring new sites because of the Biden administration's whatever, whatever. And so if they just allowed uh, the reopening of the of whatever and allowed people, uh, oil companies to explore on this terrain, everything would be better. The other side says the solution is a uh, oil profits tax, excess profits tax. Uh, what I mean, what are what are some practical things that can be done if either one of those things makes no sense or or are passable? What do you think? What how could we rein in some of this oil company excess greed? Well, if, first if, of all, I, I, there is greed. That's part of it. But uh, the excess profits tax, which has been talked about before, isn't going to encourage more production of oil. Exactly. Gonna, exactly. It'll it'll discourage it. Right. The I think the only thing the Biden administration has done is leases on federal lands, drilling leases on federal lands. They they're against drilling on federal lands because they think it'll pollute the parks and all. And I I don't know what the status of that is at the moment, but it's not just here. This is a worldwide problem. Uh, price of gas everywhere has gone up, not just here. And but here's what I know is it never goes down. It, it'll mm-hmm. go down a little bit. But how long ago do you remember paying a buck for a gallon? It's not that long ago. Now it's up to five bucks. What's it going to go down to when this crisis uh, decreases? Well, we went, little- to, we went up to close to four dollars back in 2012, but then it dropped on about to about two, two and a half. Well, could years. we ever get back to that? It would be great, but I. What, what was the what was the what, what was the price during the heart of the COVID crisis, uh, COVID uh, pandemic? Do you know? It must plus. have been. It must have been low because no one was no, no one was driving. No one. Not no driving. one, but yeah, yeah less driving. Yeah. right. So it must have been fairly low then. But I just I don't the, remember. What the, it was. the other issue that's coming fast on this is electric cars. Right. And what does that do to the oil companies? It has to impact them somehow. Well, the other thing is, I, I I I seem to recall that President Biden essentially encouraged the um, the the bankers and the uh, the folks who invest. There's a word I'm drawing a blank on uh, to to say, hey, don't invest in oil companies. They're 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 no longer the future. Invest in solar. Invest in electric. Invest in this. And I don't know how much influence that kind of thing has, but I if if that has some influence, I can't imagine that. Uh, that might spook some of the oil companies. You know that 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 would bother me if I were an oil executive. If the president of my country said, "Don't invest in my company; invest in my competition." Well, I I don't know that he did, but if he did, he shouldn't. The right. president of the United States, no matter what party he's from, in my view, should not be giving investment advice. I, I nor should they be telling businesses how to run themselves. Mm-hmm. And I see this happening in both parties now. I see <laughs> Governor of Florida telling the cruise ship industry, you have to do this, you can't do that. Telling Disney, you got to do this and that. I, it's incredible to me. 
Well, but how do you how do you how do you find again as we get close to the ADA's uh, uh, anniversary? Uh, you know, the uh, how the government is there to sort of uh, uh, you know deal with the discrimination issue that we people with disabilities face right, in, in, right, in the workplace. Right. And so, in some ways, we are telling businesses what to do. How do you sort of strike the balance? Because you're right. Well, it, okay, it's telling them what to do regarding how to treat their plants and and facilities to make it easier for disabled people and all that. But it's not telling the public don't invest in an industry. Fair enough. If one minute that, that yeah, I, I just think that's crazy. But no, no, I know the the ADA thing, we gotta watch this on what's gonna happen. I can't imagine that there's gonna be any big changes to it, but who knows? Well, as I've said before, uh, I worry because if the ADA was up for a vote this year and not 1990, it would never pass. It would never pass. The Republicans that are currently in Congress, but the Democrats pass. run Congress, so I think right. They but would but pass. but but the Senate would probably filibuster it. We were out of time, gentlemen. <laughs> After all that, <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, thank you once again, Congressman. Whenever you come on the show, you give us a lot of great information, and uh, we appreciate you. We appreciate your willingness to be on in perspective as often as you are thank you again thank you guys love being on with you can't wait to do it again and we will by email off the air set a new date for the well fall, we have I one guess. september in september you're back it's on the calendar is it, is, already it's already on the calendar okay great. yes it is well, so god knows what the world will look like by yeah then. well well i guess we'll find out then won't we yeah uh, thank you congressman Thanks again. And next week, we're going to find out about how blind people can serve on a jury. Sometimes that topic comes up and it's a hot one. So we're going to address that next week. Peter, thank you. Ray, thank you. Of course, Congressman Leboutlier, thank you very much as well. And thank you. Our- I'll see you on September 9, by the way. September 9. <laughs> thank you. That's yeah. when it is. All right. Go safe, everybody. Thanks for listening to us here on In Perspective. Bye for now. Thank you.